what's going on everybody i hope everybody's well so i continue watching my hero academia my little niece she's funny man she's like hey you better not be watching it without me i'm like i told you i wasn't gonna watch it without you so what's the problem here that's what i told her but she, and she's like hey you better not watch it without me i'm like i'm not gonna watch it without you so then like i said i watched the was the continuation story of inuyasha I don't know if you guys ever watched that anime. If you haven't, you should really check it out. It's really, really good. But yeah, man, check it out. It's great. I like it a lot. We shall see what happens. Francis Ngannou is hinting at a boxing match with Tyson Fury. This weekend, we got Alex Volkanovsky versus Islam Mahashev. And then for the interim featherweight belt, you got Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. It should be great. It should be good. We shall see what happens, but that's all I got for you guys. Later, guys. Deuces. Peace. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 85 of the Punch in the Mouth podcast. I'm Adrian. Of course, this is the opinion episode where I rant a lot, but there's a lot of good stuff going on, so there might be some news. Like, I don't know if I talked about this or if I didn't, but Kevin Lee is back in the UFC. Of course, Kevin Lee used to be repped by um, CAA, but I believe they got rid of their MMA division i think it was called the caa fight division and he signed with ali abdel abziz and he recently converted to muslim let's see what it says lightweight kevin lee agrees to exclusive deal with ufc kevin lee is headed back to the ufc the former lightweight title challenger told espn on monday lee 30 says he has agreed to an exclusive deal with the ufc a little more than one year after the promotion released him from his contract he has not booked his return to the Octagon, but expects for it to happen this spring. I met with Dana White and Hunter Campbell. I feel like I'm going back home, Lee told ESPN in a statement. I'm grateful for them welcoming me back and looking forward to the next chapter of my career. Lee fought Tony Ferguson for the UFC Interim Lightweight Championship on October 20- in October 2017, where he came up short via third-round submission. The loss sparked a 2-5 run culminated in his release from the company in late 2021. Lee expressed his frustration with the UFC at the time of his release, but has since mended the relationship. He also sought out new management, a new management team earlier this year, signing with notable manager Ali Abdelabziz and Dominance MMA. Originally from Detroit and now fighting out of Florida, Lee fought once in 2022. He defeated Diego Sanchez via unanimous decision in Eagle FC, a promotion operated by retired MMA legend Habib Nurmagomedov. During an interview with ESPN earlier this year, Lee expressed interest in possibly signing with PFL, but opted to return to the UFC instead. Yeah, what this article didn't say is that he recently converted to Muslim, and I'm pretty sure that gave him ties to Khabib, which is why he signed with Eagle FC, and then, of course, like I just said, 
I believe the fight division at CAA was disbanded. So we shall see what happens. Now, I don't know. I believe he's going to fight either at welterweight or lightweight. But let's see. Because he has a name, right? So I would want to see him fight a name. So let's see. Let's see what we can come up with here. Have him fight Greg Dawson. That'd be a good fighter. Drew Dober. Because in the top 15 at welterweight, you got at 15, you got Liji Liang, the leech. Michael Pereira at 14. Neil Magny at 13. Michael Chiesa at 12. Jorge Madrigal at 11. Shavka Ragmarov at 10. Vicente Luque at 9. Sean Brady at 8. Jeff Neal at 7. Stephen Thompson at 6. Gilbert at 5. Bolal Muhammad at 4. Hamza Chimaev at 3. Colby Covington at 2. And Kamar Usman at 1. So if I were to see him come back, I would want to see him fight at lightweight, but it doesn't say, well, it says lightweight Kevin Lee, so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. I would like to see him fight at lightweight. Him and Grant Dawson would be a good fight. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Another thing I want to talk about, the Jake Paul fight seems to be in jeopardy again because Tommy Fury again no-shows the press conference. I wonder why this keeps happening. Is it the fear that he could lose? Let's see. Let's see. Is it the fear that he could lose? Because I understand that. Because you... <laughs> Tommy Fury, only Jake Paul can screw this up now. The vitriol has long been brewing. The matchup has long been anticipated. The stakes have been have long been intensifying. And for Tommy Fury, it's gone on for far too long. He's within touching distance of laying it all to rest. The 20, okay, but this is before today. I need to see today what people are saying about today. Right here it says Jake Paul erupts after unprofessional Tommy Fury. I'm pretty sure it says no shows yet another press conference. Jake Paul and Tommy Fury were supposed to be on hand for a special kickoff press conference to help promote their upcoming The Truth Boxing Pay-Per-View. Event scheduled for Sunday, February 26th in Saudi Arabia. Fury, however, was nowhere to be found yet again. Everything that we are hearing from the camp is that he he is looking excellent in the gym, promoter George Warren said. He sends his apologies for not being here in person. He is dealing with a private and personal matter at the moment. Makes no Make no mistake about it, he will be here in due time to publicize and promote the event. We are planning to bring him in around 10 days before the event. Sounds like Fury is taking a page out of Dylan Dennis' playbook. Paul was previously booked to face Fury in the second half of 2021, but the sketchy former reality TV star bailed at the last minute setting up a boxing rematch with the problem child and the former UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley. Paul won that fight by way of six-round knockout. I'm used to his behavior at this point. He's unprofessional and he's a flake, Paul said. It's not a seri- he's not a serious businessman or a serious fighter. I'm going to prove that. It's why this fight is called The Truth, because the truth is going to come out. He's going to have to pay for all these times he's pulled out. Hopefully Fury can settle his private and personal matter in time for the event. I don't know, man. Like, So apparently what's going to happen is they have Mike Perry on standby. Like, This is weird for it to be the third time in a personal, a private and personal matter again. Like, what's going on here? Again, like, the stuff Tyson Fury was saying, that if he loses, like, don't even come back home. 
Like, that's got to get him, right? Because it is a possibility that he can lose. But I don't know, man. I don't know if the pressure's getting to him. I honestly feel bad for Jake because he's trying to promote a fight, right? And he's trying to do what everybody's criticizing, fight a boxer, fight it. He's trying to fight a boxer, but the boxer won't fight him. It's weird. You know how I said on Monday show, I'll save the, so I was going to say something about Fedor for this show, but I honestly forgot what it was. Like, I was listening to it back. I'm like, dude, what was I trying to say right there? I don't remember, guys. So if you were looking forward to that, I'm sorry. I don't remember. But you know what I did find funny on Instagram earlier? It has to be, um, this has to be like, uh, how can you say it? Like a meme account, I guess. Let me see if I can find it. It was about Hamza. And how he was supposed to be like this big killer. Because apparently what they're trying to do is set up Hamza. Let me see. I think it was with these guys that it was originally on. Oh, yeah. It's right here. Look, look, look. So this is from a meme account named Polly. So it goes, Chimaya was supposed to fight the top welterweight contenders, win the belt, become a superstar, and go to middleweight awesome matchups. And we're not going to see that now. Because he can't make 170 anymore. It's disappointing. And considering his chances versus Rob are slim, he's stuck. Just another what if, sadly. Okay. If you're saying he can't make 170 because of all the stuff that's been coming out, that's fine. But one thing you have to realize with the Nate Diaz matchup is that that fight was on very short notice because of everything going on with Nate that they wanted to try to squeeze out one more fight out of him. And if it didn't happen in September... It wasn't going to happen at all. So, of course, the UFC being the UFC, they're going to send them in against this killer. And I believe the the time frame was just too short for Hamza because he's a big dude. I believe Hamza probably walks around easily between 210 to 220. Easy, 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 easy. So, I think he can make 170 if they give him ample time. Like, he's not one of those guys that could be like, Unless he's fighting at middleweight, like let's say he does the cut and then he fights at middleweight, he can do it, but he can't fight at middleweight and then two weeks later have him fight at one second. That's not possible. That dude is huge. So saying he can't fight at welterweight again, I, I think that's a stretch. What I think they're trying to do, if they're, if what I read is true and they're trying to give him Rob, because originally I heard that they were trying to do him and Colby, but I don't know. I would like to see him and Colby. That'd be a good fight. You know, you know how I was pumping up Johnny Eblen on, up on Monday? I would like to see him and Hamza fight too. That'd be a crazy fight because of Johnny Eblen's pace. What do you guys think? Let me know. I'm all on Johnny. I'm on the Johnny Eblen train. I'm, I'm ready to hear the smack talk people are going to tell me. People are going to tell me stuff. And they're going to be like, this dude's out of his mind. I'm ready. I'm ready to hear that to defend my case. I'm ready, like Spongebob would say. Let's see what else. Let's see what else. Oh, there's some fights announced. MVP's coming back. Let me pull it up and we'll get to it. So this March 10th card, which will, will feature the first two fights of the Lightweight Grand Prix for Bellator. So the main event is Usman Nurmagomedov versus Benson Henderson. The co-main is Tofik Mozai versus Alexander Shabli. And then you have Valentin Moldovsky fighting Linton Vassell. And you have MVP fighting Goichi Yamauchi. And then you have Lerando Higo fighting James Gallagher. That's a crazy fight right there. You have Enrique Barcelo versus Eric Perez. You have the wife of Gilbert Melendez, Carrie Taylor Melendez, fighting Burana Ellen. 
You have Islam, Mami Da fighting Shamir Nekaib. That's a good fight. And Julius Angliskis versus Yamash, the guy that Corey Anderson beat. What's his name? Yami Muradov, I believe is how you say it. Yami Muradov. So we shall see. We shall see what happens. And then you also have Amosov, Yagoslav versus Storley on the 25th of February. You have Nurmagomedov versus Henderson. You have, who's this? I don't know who this is. Katzingano's coming back. You have Marcelo Gomes versus Daniel James. How is Katzingano the co-main event? I know who these girls are over these heavyweights, so I don't know if the fact that they're heavyweights is the reason, but I know who they are over these heavyweights, but it's crazy fight, crazy fight. Can't wait for these fights, although I think Katzingano and the McCourt should be the main event for this March 31st card. That's just my opinion, but that's what I believe. And then you have Gegard Musasi versus... Fabian Edwards on May 12th in France. So we shall see what happens there. We shall see what happens there. Let's see. Let's see another meme. Tony Ferguson gave up his only shot at, at a title to entertain the fans during the pandemic by fighting Gaethje. Been a legend who's always deserved more and the UFC couldn't do right by him. Couldn't do him right by giving him a big payday before retirement. Instead, they went with the dweeb of a yes man. This company, man. Who's the dweeb they're talking about? Who is the dweeb they are talking about? Oh, you know what they're talking about? The ultimate fighter that they went with Chandler instead of Tony. But come on, man. Come on, dude. And Chandler's not a yes man, okay? Because that dude, all he wants to do is fight best. And that's what he's been doing. So stop giving Chandler flag, please. Please. Be nice to Chandler. Actually, you don't have to be nice to him, but just don't make up stories, you know? That's all I ask. That is all I ask. Don't be making up stories about Mike Chandler. Ooh, Holloway versus Allen. Gonna be in Kansas City. Ooh, that's a good one. I believe that they're... Because <laughs> it says it's in Kansas City, but the poster says T-Mobile Center. So we're gonna look up right now if there's an arena called the T-Mobile Center. Eee, Lando Venata should really take that tweet down because he was making fun of it, but there's... An actual arena in Kansas City called the T-Mobile Center. The T-Mobile Arena is the one in Las Vegas. The T-Mobile Center is the one in Kansas City. That's funny. (laughs) But what do you guys think about this? I think this is what I honestly think. So a lot of we're going to talk about the fights some more that are going to happen Saturday before we get out of here. But depending on the because, well, either way, because it all like. Max's future, for one, his immediate future is if he wins this fight. But, like, in the long run, his future is, does Volkanovski beat Islam and stay at lightweight? Like, I assume he would. Like, because whether it's Emmett or Yair that wins, if Volk stays at lightweight, what hap- what would happen is, okay, so let's say the fights happen, right? Volk beats Islam. I'm not telling you that's going to happen. But let's just say Volk beats Islam and Max beats Arnold Allen. The fight at featherweight they're going to try to make is Max versus the winner of this co-main event. If Volk says, okay, I'll vacate the featherweight belt, right? So then if you instate the winner of Emmett and Rodriguez as the as the reigning defending champs, the next fight is going to be Max Holloway versus... The winner of that, much like what they did with when Connor beat Jose, 
remember the next featherweight title was Jose versus Frankie Edgar, and then Conor's like, all right, I'll just vacate the belt. And they just instated Jose as the champion. You guys remember that? There could be something similar there. But if Volk is not going to be in the featherweight division, I just don't see any other way Max doesn't become champion. That's just my opinion. But let's look at these stats for this upcoming fight this weekend. One thing I wanted to see, and I didn't look it up because I was having trouble with my equipment and I fixed it. Let's look at these odds. Dude, they have Alex Volkanovsky as a plus 310 underdog right now. Like, here's the thing, right? Because Islam is much bigger. I think Volk is striking is a lot better. I think Volk is going to be the faster of the two. The question becomes... Because we have to, you have to realize something. Volk used to play rugby at 205 pounds. The dude is strong. If what Islam and all these people are backing is that Islam squeeze is going to be too much for him. Let's say he grabs him and starts choking him. But Volk is still there. What happens? What ha- Like, what I want to see is if Volk is... Because Volk could keep up the pace for five rounds. Another... X Factor is the weight he's going to be carrying around. He's fought up to 170 before. We've all seen it. Well, we haven't seen it, right? But it is there. Like, if you go look for it, he's fought at 170 before. That's the only weight class he has a loss in. He's fought at lightweight. He's fought at featherweight. He's undefeated both weight classes. But if Alex is the faster fighter and he maintains to be fresh from round three to five, that's where this gets interesting. Right? Like, even the first minute of the fight is going to be very telling. Like, what's the game plan here? Because what I want to see is, is Islam can take him down? If Islam can take him down, I'm sorry, I spoke really fast. Like, does he start panicking and start swinging wildly? Or will the methodical jab of Volkanovsky be there? Will his takedowns be there? Like, that's another thing. Can Volkanovsky take Islam down? And that's going to be very telling. If he does that early in the fight and could keep him there, and win the first round or two. And if he could win rounds one through three Volk, he could coast the rest of the fight. He doesn't need to do anything, but he won't coast. It's a crazy fight, man. Because if he wins, he will be considered, in my opinion, because he's undefeated in the UFC. I'll consider him a great over John Jones. I would. Because he's defended the title time and time again. He makes it look easier each time he does it. Because I'm telling you, like, that Max Holloway fight still has me with my mouth open till this day. But we shall see, man. It, it should be a great fight. The Yair fight and Josh Emmett fight, like I said before, that's flashy moves versus power. It's a great fight right there. It's a great fight. I think Yair wins this fight because he's gotten a little more technical. I believe if he gets it to the third round, that's where he's going to shine, you know? I believe Josh is going to be dangerous within the first two rounds. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. One thing you have to look out for is Jair Rodriguez's leg kicks. That's going to help him a lot in this fight. Because if Josh can't plant his foot and Jair is constantly kicking him, he won't be able to generate power, right? So we shall see, man. We shall see what happens. It's going to be a great fight. And the UFC recently announced... Well, not recently, but it was announced that Marlon Vera and Corey Sanhagen were moved from February 10th, I mean, from 
the February 18th card to March 25th in San Antonio. There's a crazy fight, man. A crazy fight. I'm surprised they went this direction. But let's see here. Because they're going to go. Okay, Before I get too into it, let me pull up the ranking. So Sean O'Malley is on deck. He's waiting. Marav Dishwashers really will fight Peter Yan. Marlon Veras fighting Corey Sanhagen. Rob Font, he's fighting Adrian Yanez. I want to know who Usman Nurmagomedov is going to fight next. Uh, that dude, nobody's saying his name. That's a crazy fight right there. I'm telling you, you put him versus Corey Sanhagen, I'll pick Usman. Umar, sorry, not Usman. Usman's his brother. So, this is a crazy few weeks for the Bantamweight division. Because if Marlon were to win, if Marlon wins, he beats Corey. You can, it's because they're still trying to book that Henry and Aljo fight. And like, let's say he wins fast. If I was him, I'd be like, okay, now I'm looking at Marab versus Peter. Like, I would do that for his immediate future if he wins. And the same for Corey, because you don't know how stagnant the division will be. So, here's what I would look at for the Bantamweight to have some movement. You look at these two fights. You look at... Marav Dizwashers Ridley versus Peter Yan and Corey Sanhagen versus Marlon Vera. And the winner of those two fights should fight each other. Because they're going to keep Sean O'Malley iced because he's a draw. Like, Sean O'Malley is a draw. And I believe they're going to have Sean O'Malley as the backup. And if that doesn't work out for Sean, you go pick you, those two winners, fight each other, and then you go pick a fight with Sean. Because then the UFC will be like, okay, well. It's not like he's asking us to shoot him all the way to the title. Like, he's done some work to ask, be like, okay, we'll give you Sean. And then Marlon's already beat Sean, so if he beats him again, you can't deny him at this point. So I believe if Marlon were to follow my plan or any of these guys, I believe the winners of Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Vera, and Peter Yan versus Marab will fight at least once more against one another, the winners, and then... Probably so they'll probably have to fight, excluding the fights they have coming up. They'll probably have to fight two more times before getting a title shot, because they're keeping Sean on ice, whereas the backup for Henry versus Sterling, which I believe at this point they're trying to shoot for May because they already announced the April cards. The April card, that's crazy, man. That's nuts. But yeah, that's what I would do. And then for Umar, give him Song Yedong. That's a crazy fight right there. Crazy fight. So Conor McGregor, Mike Chandler. What do you guys think the, the Ultimate Fighter numbers do? I would honestly like to see what the ESPN numbers do versus the ESPN Plus numbers. Because like I said before, if what I believe is true, the ESPN Plus will be uncensored. So I believe you want a more edgier version, you watch that, but... And then I believe they don't blur stuff out. So, like, if people get cut and stuff like that, they won't blur it out. But we'll see. I'm going to watch it on ESPN+. Plus, and I'm going to tune in weekly. Because I'll let you guys know something. Even for the Volk Ortega one, I didn't tune in. I let some episodes pass so I could just watch them back to back to back. For the Juliana Pena Amanda Nunez one, I let, I let it go, go, go until I felt... Until I started hearing that they were close to the finale, I'm like, okay. Now it's time to tune in. But this one, Mike Chandler versus Conor McGregor, weekly viewer 
right here, my man. That's why I'm gonna watch it weekly. There's no really, there's no way that I get to see two of my favorite fighters of all time, Conor McGregor and Mike Chandler, on a weekly basis and not take that. Like, why would I do that to myself? Like, let the anticipation build. Like, I used to let it when I was a kid because back when The Ultimate Fighter was on Spike TV, weekly viewer, of course, it was a lot harder back then, right? Because you were a slave to um the TV schedules and... It's not like today when you could be like, oh, well, I didn't get to see it. I'll watch it later. Not like today where, like, you didn't see it at 7. You could watch it at whatever time on demand at, on ESPN Plus or UFC Fight Pass. Or, you catch my drift, what I'm trying to say. All right? Cool. Let's talk about Francis. And then we're out of here. So, Anthony Joshua recently announced the fight, right? Let me see who it's up against. Anthony Joshua versus Jermaine Franklin almost scrapped as disaster avoided at last minute. At the last minute. Anthony Joshua's comeback fan against Jermaine Franklin almost fell apart a day before it was officially announced. An unspecified issue meant both parties had to work through the night to get the deal done. Joshua scores off against Franklin on April 1st at the O2 Arena in London. The Brit is looking to rebuild his career after following consecutive defeats to Alexander Yusek and has a 3-fight plan in place for 2023. In an attempt to claw his way back to the top, following his spring showdown with Franklin, AJ is expected to box Dillian White in June before a blockbuster clash with either Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury to see out the year in December. But those plans nearly fell apart at the first hurdle. No Smoke Boxing reported Sunday that a contractual issue had threatened to derail Joshua's next fight, which has since been confirmed by Franklin's promoter. Speaking to Boxing King Media, he said, Like I said at the beginning of this interview, it's not easy to make these big fights, and it did get done at the 11th hour. That's true, and I'm happy that we got it over to the line. We got it over the line, and the fight got done. So, yeah, he's fighting Jermaine Franklin. So, Joshua's out of the Francis Ngannou business. For right now, according to this article, because he's already going to fight this guy. Then he's going to fight Dillian White, probably in the summer. And then, in December, he's trying to go for a big fight between Tyson Fury and or Deontay Wilder. And Because the, the video surfaced of, of, of Francis on the treadmill watching footage of, of I, what I believe to be Tyson Fury's last fight. Um, but yeah, man, if this fight happens, I'm not excited for it, like, cause I already seen this fight with Connor and I've explained on a previous podcast, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but yeah, I'm not excited for this fight. I'd rather see Francis back in MMA, but that's just me. He has said that he will go back eventually, but he wants to box, let him box. I just hope he does it right. Hopefully Tony Atlas will take him under his wing for this boxing camp, and we shall see what happens. It's going to be a great fight this weekend, of course. Volkanovski versus Islam Mahashev, and Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. And, of course, my boy Tyson Pedro's fighting, so stay on the lookout for that. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow Punch in the Mouth on Instagram, Punch in the Mouth official on Twitter. 
official underscore P-I-T-M. Later, guys. Deuces.